Dane and Derek is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. You can find content warnings in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to our little corner of the internet. I'm Derek, and this is the Dane and Derek show where we talk about art, Dungeons and Dragons, life, and ma. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Dane. Hey, I'm Dane, writer, um, law student, um, lover of many things. Uh, For the next couple weeks, uh, I'm going to be a lover of tabletop RPGs, as per usual. Um, Do we, well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get in it. Um, Yeah. You know, like, because here's (laughs) the thing. Um, I'm about to give my one minute law school update starting, uh, right about waiting for that one minute mark waiting for that one minute mark and now so anyways um law school is a lot of work it's a lot of time um and this semester i am feeling it but i really want to be doing this it's so important to me to like keep up with you derek so um we are keeping this episode and the next one uh high and tight uh as um, sometimes people say to, I think it's a haircut thing. Anyways, not important. One minute law school update. I have 30 seconds left. Anyways, here we go. Um, who, uh, this semester is going to be dark. Um, criminal law is uh, super not fun for me. Um, it's interesting and important and I'm, I'm glad I'm learning it, but holy hell, the, just like the content is just, it's just dark. And I, I'm just not that person, it turns out. So that's good to know. Um, property is also has a really depressing history, but not quite as depressing because sometimes we're just talking about like people's plots of land. And con law is crazy because, hey, hey, we live in this country and you've all probably heard about the con- the Supreme Court lately. So there we go. Uh, Derek, you've got a one minute uh, film update. Go. <laughs> uh, mine's pretty mellow compared to yours. Uh I've spent the last like week or so working on a or week or two, three maybe, working on a, a lookbook, which is basically just a collection of photographs and images that evoke the feeling of the film. Yeah. And basically, yeah, that'll get packaged with my screenplay and a, and a budget. That is my next thing I'm going to be hopefully working on and finishing up. And once I have those three things, I can kind of start shipping it around to people who may be interested in working on the film or producing it or helping finance it so that's where i'm at that's super cool i have one question and this is just sort of maybe this is like sort of a budgetary question and also just sort of like a screenplay how long is it again because it's been a minute since you sent me um yeah the screenplay so i don't really remember exactly how long it is Mm -hmm. it's like 12 ish pages it'll probably be 12 and a half i have to make a couple weeks but 12 minutes so about yeah because it's yeah it's about a minute to a page assuming that it's not like a page worth of like very detailed um shot descriptions if my memory serves correct yeah yeah uh so it's a it's a very tight screenplay like it's it's very very tight like there's very little room to add much more but um there's still some things where i'm like oh maybe i need maybe i need to let it breathe here and there so it'll be Mm -hmm. it'll be a little over what i what i would prefer for a short film which is like sub 10 minutes but um compared to what i've seen at some festivals in the last like few years i'm in right in the sweet spot of like sometimes 10 and 15 minutes so yeah sometimes short films are like 20 30 minutes 
Yeah, which at that not point is a TV pilot. Yeah, not usually a fan of those. But all of that aside, we have a topic today. Um, a very hot topic. We do have a very hot topic. Um, so we are we are recording this. Let's see. This is like the first time I've ever dated ourselves on exact recording times. We're recording this on January 27th, um, 2023. Ugh. That's a mm-hmm. year. Anyways, moving on. Um, and so I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard a lot about the OGL debacle in like the D&D Wizards of the Coast world. Um, uh, and so we thought we'd talk about it because you and I really have a lot of fondness for tabletop games like that whole community and honestly for D&D specifically. Um and so we thought we should probably like mention it. Um, I'm going to say this right up front. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I'm in law school. I'm not even two semesters in. So I'm not really going to give a real legal analysis here. Um, and nothing I say is anything akin to that. Um, this is a whole intellectual property situation. Um, I haven't finished normal property. So uh, <laughs> just wanted to say that this is more like my personal thoughts, which are now informed by having been a bit of a law student. This is not like legal advice on this. This is not um, uh, like even like me trying to take a legal uh, look at it. Just This is just my thoughts on this whole situation. Um, Derek, you, you, you have any headers? before I do my best to explain it? Um, no, other than I think this does affect some of the hobbies that we had planned on collaborating on this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I've talked a little bit here and there with some friends about it, but it was mostly people sending it to me, which was pretty wild that people now will send me when shit goes down in D&D, and it's not just like my D&D friends sending me stuff. Um, and so that was kind of cool. Like D&D's nice and popular, what a bad yeah. time for this to happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, take it away. Okay. So let's, uh, for, for people who don't know, which is honestly probably a really high number of people because um, as popular as D and D is, it's still like a niche thing. Like if there was like a big explosion in like the fantasy football world, I would not hear about it. For example, um, even though that's a sizable group of people who do that, like, and yeah. But the OGL is, it stands for the Open Gaming License, which is a thing um, that was created in, I think, about 2000, um, when uh, D&D was first acquired by Wizards of the Coast and third edition was being printed. And in short, um, the, the, the long and short of it is that it granted rights, it grants rights to people to use um, the... SRD, which is the system reference document, um, which is essentially like core wordings, core mechanics, all of this of D&D um, in third party material. So that included Cobalt Press, Pazio, even and all the way down to just normal people who wanted to make something and then sell it. They could like include stuff that Wizards of the Coast, the D&D um, like section of the company had actually made and printed. You know, they could include um, their wordings on how to do skill checks, for example. 
um, is like a thing that they could do. And the open gaming license was, uh, by all accounts, uh, created with the intention of it just basically lasting forever. Um, and there, and this is this is there are lots of good reasons to do this. Um, you know, like there's a reason we the idea of like, um, uh, like there being like common license use to creations, um, you know, um, what's the term a uh, public, um, Oh God, it's like Sherlock Holmes is in it. Winnie the Pooh just went into it. Um, fuck the, the, the exact term is escaping me right now. Um, but the, the long and short of it is, this allowed for third edition to be really heavily supported. Um, and like to the point that basically uh, Pathfinder is just kind of a slight, uh, not even a slight, it's, it's a, it was originally like basically a third, third 3.5 edition mod of D and D um, fourth edition of D and D had a different um, uh, attempt at an open gaming license. Fourth edition was not popular, relatively speaking, for various reasons. That was actually probably one of them, due to the fact that there was not a lot of third-party support for the game. Um, fifth edition kind of was like a reinstatement of the OGL, and probably has a lot to do with the um, resurgence and like deep popularity. Is because basically with the OGL, there's a lot of comfort for third-party creators to just make something for 5th edition D&D, slap on this, uh, this agreement in their, in their document, and feel comfortable that they're not going to get sued um, if they make something. That they don't have to do anything else, they can just make it. Um, so taking all of that aside, there is one point that I will make, and you don't, you do not, this is, again, not legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. Um, all kinds of stuff, etc. Um, but there is a legal concept in which you can't actually, though, copyright or trademark game mechanics. That's not a thing you can do. Um, currently, of course, it's kind of thing law law changes. But the thing to understand is that, like, you cannot do that. What what? Wizard of the Coast has protected are things like Beholder, Mind Flayer, um, you know, certain the 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 fifth edition books it like has like copyright protection over their like books. What they do not have like copyright over is roll a d twenty, add a number, a thing happens. They don't like the extent like the the very like an easier metaphor to understand is like you and I tomorrow could copy basically all of Monopoly. And so long as we change the words uh, enough that there are, that it is not um, like, like we could keep like the chance cards, like we probably couldn't call them chance cards, but like uh, you buy and sell and all of it. We change nothing about the actual functional rules of Monopoly, but we take the Monopoly man off of it. We, we, we change all the names of the properties and whatnot. We change the colors, all, all of it. That's not illegal. um, you know, there's, there's probably, there's some gray area, of course, but the thing that the O, so the thing to understand is that the OGL, what it really did is it's, it's a comfort thing for people. Um, because it, it not only is like the game mechanics are, are, are open, open source, um, commons for you to use, but like basically the whole game is 
for you. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I personally think this is a really good thing for basically everybody involved. It means that fifth edition gets a t- crazy amount of support that they don't have to make, you know, adventures and character class classes and subclasses and all of it. Like they get so much like content for their game that everybody still needs those damn core books to play basically. Um, and third party creators can create and actually make a living without fear of retribution or having to pay royalty costs. Now, Mm. this is a lot. Anyways, one D D and D is coming and you and I have talked about it a little bit. There are some things I really am a fond of about one D and D um, so far in terms of the play test. Um, most of them have to do with uh, changes to way, the way stats work that makes it significantly less uh, racist and eugenics-y, so that's super cool. Um, but along with it, they have a new updated OGL. They're just going to have one, it seems like. This could change, etc. There have been leaked original versions there have been leaked drafts there have been official drafts there's all of this stuff what it all comes down to though is a a, a, essentially wizards of the coast is sort of closing the commons on this a a bit not even completely mind but like a little bit um well more accurately a lot of it um you know adding in you know you have to pay some like royalties. You have, I don't think royalties is the right word, but like you have to, you have to pay royalties. Um, probably the worst thing they did was there was a period of time where it was very clear that they basically could control anything you created. So long as you were in the agreement, they could kind of take it and it would become their intellectual property if they wanted, basically. Um, yeah. You know, and for third party creators, this was pretty devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the popularity of fifth edition, like you mentioned, there's not an insignificant number of people who actually yeah. do make their living or even have side income meaningful and important to them side income based off of 5e and D in general. And so it's this complicated web, right? Like, I don't really want to get into the weeds on the OGL specifically um, because uh, there are people who have done it better. Go find those YouTube videos. Go find those articles. They're great. Um, the thing I, I, I want to talk about, and I, I don't know what, exactly what you want to get onto, Derek, here is just the... Um, I personally want to talk more about the dichotomy and the problems with Wizards of the Coast D&D as a like monolith and sort of uh, capitalism in general. Yeah, I think that's um, a fair angle for us to take simply because the the license is very complicated and we can probably put a video to like, I don't know, like I think Questing Beast did a pretty good video on this. Cressing Beast did a pretty good one. I would also actually recommend the Legal Eagle video oh, on this. Oh, yeah. Um, because he's actually a lawyer. He breaks it down super well. 
Yeah, that's the one I'd recommend. It, okay. Because um, he's also not a he's not a gigantic nerd, so he also does approach it from a pure like more law standpoint, mm-hmm. um, which is helpful. Um, yeah. So I, I think the first thing I want to say is that like straight up, this fucking sucks for creators. Yeah, it just does. Like it just does, and there's no like ifs ands or buts about that and at the same time i am sitting here just feeling like utterly unsurprised yep like <sighs> dnd belongs to wizards of the coast and wizards of the coast belongs to hasbro if you want to see how Hasbro treats its properties in the search of money, there's like going on 10 Transformers movies these days that you could go f- see exactly what their priorities are. Yeah. You know, like I sit here and I'm like, it's a, it's a property of a mega corporation. Mm-hmm. The biggest, I believe the biggest toy company in the world. D and D and the problem I think comes in to me is the fact that D and D is a monolith. It is seemingly the, the only version of this that exists to most people, to a lot of people, you know, and they have a monopoly over it, which mm-hmm. makes it feel like they have a monopoly over the hobby. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if they fuck it up, I guess you, you could go to Pathfinder is the feeling right it's so un it's in many ways it feels very unusual such that a company seems to have control of a hobby not just a product in a hobby you know mm-hmm. like because dnd is so ubiquitous because people talk about playing dnd even when they mean we're playing just a tabletop game um it feels like wizards of the coast owns knitting or owns mm-hmm. walking dogs or owns like you know which is part of why this panic has has occurred i think yeah and not for no reason though because in the same hand like i'm saying like yeah it's not the whole hobby but at the same time it it still kind of is i've talked a lot what do you think yeah i think hmm I mean, the most difficult part about this is that, like, it's a system that, like, I mean, a a comparison that I often think about is, like, if Bethesda went down and cracked down on Nexus mods, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, or if Bethesda stopped releasing the code to their games so you could mod them, right? Like, And, like, if you make a mod, you own their game. Like, it would kill an entire community of folks um, in a single fell swoop. And I think because of the nature of D&D needing to be so inherently like house ruled and modified, I, I, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And it's especially complicated now because D&D is such like, it's not just in like the publishing space. It's, it's video shows, podcasts, and like other forms of like media. Yeah. And so like, it's very complicated when like you think about like yeah they want to cash in on a royalty 
What does mm-hmm. that even mean? How can they cash in on a royalty, right? Because, which I think they're, I think they've talked about removing that. I, I don't quite know, but yeah, I haven't it's... looked at the the exact latest one. I haven't kept up with if they've let out another one. They seem to be doing like they've released something for feedback, and I'm I'm just kind of waiting to see what comes next. Yeah, but you're right. Like D and D is an inherently unique to each group. Yes. So part of this also definitely, I would imagine, has a feeling for people, and honestly, for me even, of like, this is our thing. How can you fuck with our thing? Because once it leaves the hands and moves into like ours, it we change often. We change it so much, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, you mentioned Bethesda, and like. That's I don't foresee Bethesda doing that, even though they could, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unclear whether or not Wizards can do this. Um, and I imagine there will actually probably be some legal battles over whether or not it can. Um, setting that aside, um, Bethesda probably won't. Because it would be yeah. a bad move for Bethesda, really. This is a bad move for Wizards. Um, mm-hmm. And that speaks to me less... Like The thing I, am, I, I find to be particularly interesting about that is it seems like this is, speaks to them not understanding what they have, in a sense. Right, yeah. Right? And so it's, it's like, oh, somebody made a choice somewhere very high up without really understanding why this works. It is what, how this reads to me, of course. Um, And so like, I I don't know, like I'm, I'm conflicted definitely um, about wizards of the coast. Um, And this comes from being a pretty avid magic player too. Like, yeah, and like the thing I often think about is like, yep, it's a company mm-hmm. and they're trying to make money. Right. That, like that's what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so there's a part of me that's like very up. There's like, most of me is very upset for the creators. Like that's like big, yeah. like I, but I don't have much more to like actually say about that other than like that fucking sucks. Fuck mm-hmm. you for doing this wizards. Like, that's like this this was like uncalled like called for people's like have been stressed and and worried about this like why would you like god like fuck off but there's not much to say there on the other hand i sit here and have like much more like nuanced thoughts about like yeah i don't really i i like magic and i like dnd but I never really thought that Wizards was like a good company. It got it's it's too big. It's too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's owned by Hasbro. Like I, I don't know what to say beyond like, yep, they're making money and they're yeah. trying to do anything they possibly can to do it. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I... it's hard to be like surprised about it or be like. Oh my god! How could they do this? I'm like, of course they're doing this. Like, what are you even talking about? Right. Yeah. You know, it's awful, but like, 
unsurprising. Yeah. And I think it's 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 one of those things where in a lot of ways, right, like you look at what happened when they made fourth edition, right? Yeah. And how much of a problem that was. <laughs> and yeah. like and how much but then also you, you look at like what it spawned and it spawned a lot of interesting games that came out of it. I mean, an entire new system called Pathfinder was born out of something like this. And yep. according to my brief Google search on the OGL, apparently like like Piazio is like or Pazio is like apparently like super sold out of like books now. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, sold out in stores it. everywhere, which is wild to think that people will go back to such a, to a system like that. But I think the other upsetting part is like fifth edition at its core, the mechanics were like the right amount of like complicated and simple at the same time. They struck and, a really good balance. Yeah. And then to have it become this sort of like relic of like a golden era of D and D and now to be moving into like, you know, this uncertain frontier where, you know, while there are mechanically some changes that are really good, the, the, the ethics surrounding the business practices around it are kind of sus. And so I'm, I'm wondering if that in, in a way, like, I wonder if that will kill whatever D and D six is, you know, or D and D one. And then they'll have to immediately come out with a new version. Cause like D and D four was like one of the shortest additions to exist. Yeah. Um, I, I have, I am wondering I, now that you say that, I wonder, huh, you know what might be a really good move for them? Rebranding, rebranding one D and D as sixth edition. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be a good move. Just get a little yeah. bit of like fresh air on that. But yeah. like setting that kind of aside, I, I, um, oh shoot, I lost kind of, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, oh no, oh no, it's it'll be okay. Um, I have conflicted feelings about like it. It, it just sort of speaks to this sort of like fandom culture, you know, of like. Like I love Star Wars. Mm. I do not love Disney. Mm. Um, and yeah. like, this is just a personal feeling, really. But whenever people are really big fans of something, especially something like something that's a product, I, um, I'm always wary of that, not of the, a person's like really in love of the thing, really. Like, I'm like, oh, that's genuine and wonderful and fun. But like, I'm always sitting here like, yeah, but like, they don't like give a shit about you, you know, like Wizards does not care how much you like the new pack of magic you just opened they care that you bought one right right and so being having that be the thing that is um what you love like being loyal to the D brand to me is just sort of i don't know if dangerous is the right word but it's setting yourself up for disappointment yeah, oh, yeah. But I guess what, I'm, what I guess I'm advocating for in all of this is like love D and D. There are amazing game developers who are w- working on it right now and who worked on Fifth Edition. 
Right. Right. In the same way that like, I love some amazing books out there. I probably wouldn't love the publishing houses, you mm-hmm. know, like from that standpoint, like of like the publishing house doesn't care if you loved the story. They care that you bought the book. The author might really care that you love the story though. Be the fan of the yeah. author. Like that's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm advocating for right now is be a fan of the author, be a fan of the hobby, but don't be a fan of wizards of the coast. Yeah. Don't be a fan of like, like Hasbro be a fan of the thing you like doing. Like I am a fan of magic and I'm a fan of D and D and I'm a fan of the creations that those artists made. Mm -hmm. And because we live in this system, you cannot escape the capitalist hellscape, right? Right. You know, like, Everyone probably owns sweatshop clothes and everybody, if you own a car, greenhouse gases and you know, like, how do you escape it? You, you kind of can't, you can do the best you can. And I say advocate for better things, right? Like put wizards to the ringer right now. Hell yeah. Do not buy more wizards of the coast stuff right now. And if you do buy it secondhand from some somewhere, you can find it. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. but like i i don't know and also like you and i again we, we sometimes talk about this and we're probably going to talk about this a little bit more next week and i know we're about to go over time but i, I this was my train of thought and i really want to get to it um is you and i are not original D players like we weren't born early enough to play it in the 70s and 80s we just we just weren't (laughs) but you and i have a bit of a connection to the history and you and i have a bit of a connection to having played basically every edition of D. &D. Mm -hmm. um and kind of have like a a finger on the pole i i I don't know have a but i like the history of of stuff like this i will say this is not the first time D &D as a brand has gone all cash grabby Mm -hmm. um the first time happened under Gary Gygax. Um, if you look into the history of the game at all, you'll pretty quickly realize that he like shoved people out of, of ownership over it and released different editions specifically to like get people to buy them and to like cut people out from like original Dean, like all of this stuff. There's a ton of yeah. this. Gary Gygax went to LA to like, pitch movies and there was the tv show and everything and you know what kind of ended up fucking happening it all bombed and he got kicked from the company and tsr fucking sued him for making his own game for lack of a better term on all of this D sued one dnd's most famous creator yeah <laughs> over being yeah. too much like a copying of D. And you know what ended up happening? TSR basically went under and it got bought by Wizards of the Coast. Back mm-hmm. when Wizards of the Coast was a little scrappier. Mm-hmm. Back when Wizards of the Coast was basically just a Magic the Gathering company. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, frankly, it's business. And it's going to go through cycles. Yeah. And the honest-to-God thing I would say is... Remember that it's a hobby. Like, 
it's 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 a hobby it's an art form it's a thing to do it's about being with your friends it's about connecting with people and making stuff D&D is a brand of knitting it does not own knitting if D&D disappeared tomorrow you could still knit you know yeah so to speak um yeah and also to anybody who's feeling morally con- conflicted out there about still playing 5e specifically with your friends right now because you're in the middle of a campaign or you're um all your friends that's all they know and they're not really interested in trying something new though it would be super cool if they tried something new um don't be you already bought the books you can't get the money back um if you feel that strongly you know like Quit your D&D Beyond account. Um, don't buy any more Wizards of the Coast books until they get sorted, get their shit together. I, all of that's fine. But those books are yours now. And to be mm-hmm. honest, like I said, Wizards doesn't own those rules. They own that form of the rules. They own beholders. They don't own eye tyrants, you know? Yeah. Like even halflings, like for D and D does not own a Hobbit. If they could, they would call those halflings hobbits. They would, but they can't. Yeah. So yeah, that like, is quite please true. just just enjoy the game, and it's okay. If you want to take the moment now, while people are feeling frustrated and up in arms, to like be like, man, I've really wanted to try Worlds Without Number or Dungeon World forever. Now's an awesome time to do it. You probably might get a little bit more buy-in, but it's also okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. The game is, if the books are in your hand, they are yours now. They're your rules. You probably don't play it perfectly right anyways. You probably already hacked it a little. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so. yeah, it's like, I think that's a good thing to, to remember is that, yeah, I think you, you, you summed it up really good. You know? enjoy like remember that it's a hobby remember that it's knitting and that wizards doesn't own knitting um no they might own the yarn that you knit with yeah they own the most popular yarn and knitting needles um yep yeah but yeah it's a thing here we are it is a thing we are well, okay. Yeah, we we'll go wrap, ahead and link though. those videos. Yes, we're gonna wrap up, and we'll yes. have more of those. We'll have those two YouTube videos that we referenced in this episode in the description. So please check those out if you're interested in catching up on the OGL. Otherwise, um, that's all for this week, folks. You can follow the show, Dane and Derek, anywhere, and you can see what I'm doing on my Vimeo account, Vimeo.com/slash Derek Aiello. Um. Uh, you can find me at danewrites.com. There's links to um, old work I've done and um, my my Substack where you can find examples of my writing. Uh, still have not gotten back to doing that, but I actually have stuff to post there now. I just haven't done it. Different problem. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you all for hanging out with this week. It was kind of a downer, and I know I talked a lot. I talk a lot. I talk a lot. That's how we know it's a good episode. That's so sweet of you. That's so that's yeah. that's so kind. I I'm not sure I agree, but 
that's that's what I um, think. I think our best episodes are when you you have a topic and you take it all the way. Um, I'm just gonna say it's just, it's this week was not the Dane and Derek show. It was Dane rants at Derek for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll see you next week. Cold.